Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Listen to what the Bible says. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture and then I'm going to pray. In Acts chapter 1, our book of the month this month is the book of Acts. Incredible, exciting book. I want you to be reading it this month. But let's look to the book of Acts in chapter 1, verse 8. The Bible says, But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to speak to you this morning from a sermon titled, We Are His Witnesses. Do you believe that? Pray with me. God, thank you for allowing us to be your witness. God, I thank you for choosing us, calling us, filling us with your spirit. God, I thank you for your word to teach us, God, and your spirit to guide us. And I ask you now that you'd anoint me to say what you'd have me to say. Teach us what you want us to know, God. I pray that you would in, increase our faith today. Lord, for those who are hurting, God, I pray you show yourself a, a, a capable healer, Lord. For those who are yet unsaved, God, I pray that you would draw them to yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. We are his witnesses. Now, I've been saying for a lot of years, and it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen one day or God's going to take me to heaven trying. One day, I'm going to read the scripture, announce the title, because that, that's just my format. That, that's just, that's just uh, how, how I get into the, the teaching of the word. The Bible says that Ezra stood up before the people on, on a platform made of wood, and he read the scripture and caused it to make sense. And that's what I believe God has called me to do but I believe one day I'm going to read the scripture announce the title of the sermon and God is just going to simultaneously break out on his people and we're going to go into altar ministry and we're going to go into prayer and we're going to go into rejoicing and we're going to go into repentance because if you really connect with what the scripture is saying and what God is doing and you hear this we are his witnesses that ought to break some things out on you that ought to break out rejoicing on you to know that of all the people in the world God could have chosen, he chose you. Five people. That ought to break out some repentance on you to know that we are his witnesses, but we're not always doing it the right way. You see, if you name the name of Christ, if you call yourself saved, then you are representing him everywhere you go. The sad reality is, uh, just like children and their parents, sometimes the child doesn't represent the parents properly. Anybody believe we ought to do a better job? Good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days, we are his witnesses. I believe we are living in the greatest of times, but I believe uh, that the, the writing is still true today, um, that... that it, the, the, the more things change, the more things stay the same, and it can be the best of times and the what? And the worst of times. Uh, you can look at it the way you want to look at it. So before I even get into teaching this morning, I want to ask you, are you looking at the good or are you looking at the bad? Are you optimistic about what God is doing or are you pessimistic about everything else 
that is happening. You see, if you ever get to the place in your life where you can stay focused, now I'm not saying you won't have to refocus, I said stay focused on the reality that God knows what he's doing and that God is in control, then it won't bother you as much what's happening in the political landscape of the United States because you know that our God and the kingdom that we're a part of is bigger than this country. It, it, it won't bother you so much about what's happening uh, monetarily, economically, uh, politically, culturally, because you'll realize that, that God is bigger than all that. But we, we live in what I believe is the most exciting time in the history of our world. I love to read. I love history. I love stats. I love graphs, charts. I love information and the, the, the world has changed a lot in some of our lifetimes. I can remember saying as a kid, thinking about my grandparents, thinking about how hard life must have been on them uh, to see all the changes that have happened in just their lifetime um, because I, it was bothering me the changes I was seeing as a young man. Now that I'm an AARP card-carrying, discount member getting, restaurant handing it to them off saying, yes, I do need my 10, 15, 20%, whatever y'all want to give me today, and I will take a free cup of coffee even though I've never bought or drank a cup of coffee in my life. You're giving it away? I'll take it. Hallelujah. But now, now that I'm on the old side of life, I, I realize that change is just always taking place. But even with all the change going on, we live in a fantastic day and age. If for no other reason, that uh, I'll, I'll give you two things that you ought to rejoice about. No matter what you think about America, no matter if you're standing or kneeling for the national anthem, no matter if, if you're pa patriotic as you should be or, or, or less patriotic than you could be, I, I want you to know that we live in the greatest country on this whole planet. If you don't believe me, Look at these thousands of people that have their babies camped off in sewage pits right now in Tijuana, walking through pee and crap, uh, putting boards over fresh poop as they walk over that, walking thousands of miles under horrible conditions, letting their children lay down, some of them with masks on because they could get a mask and they were smarter than the people around them because there are people there with AIDS, there are people there with, with, with uh, all types of diseases, all types of uh, uh, contagious d diseases. And these, wh why are these people coming? Because they know that America is the greatest country on the planet. Why are over a million people trying to come into this country? Because they know. I think sometimes when you're living in it, you, you, you tend to forget it. Talk to somebody who's been outside of America. Ask them if they want to go back to where they've been back to. Mm. Oh, I would just love to live in Canada. Let me tell you something about living in Canada. Go. Go. But you know what? Canada has a real border, and they won't just let you in. You just can't, you just can't be like, I'm, I'm looking for a better country, and America's horrible, so I want to live in Canada. They will turn you away. But if you hate America so much you need to live in Canada, I'll help you get in. I'll finance you a good paralegal to fill out all the paperwork, and you can get in. If Canada don't do it for you, uh, try Iraq. Pakistan, Uzbekistan, anybody named Stan. 
I love America. We live in the greatest country in the whole wide world because this country allows us to gather together and promote and exclaim the name of our great God, Jesus Christ, without fear of political influence. And, and I hope that continues. Uh, but as, as long as some of us are alive, we're going to keep talking about Jesus. We're here today to talk about Jesus and what God has to say to us in this text. In our opening verse, God tells us that he wants us to be his witnesses to the entire world. Listen, that's a big task. Witnessing to your family is a big task. If God would have said, I want you to be my witness, my representative, my ambassador, all words he uses to describe what he has ordained us to be and expects us to be, if he said, I want you to be that person just to your family, do you know that's a big task? If he said, I want you to be that to your extended family, that's a big task. He said, I want you to be that to the entire world, and that is a mind-boggling, huge task. But I want to remind you of three words that I try to keep in the forefront of my mind that I want you to keep in yours. God is able. Let's say that together. God is able. Able. No matter what your challenge, no matter what, what your assignment, no matter what your current difficulty is, you need to have that in your mind. God is able because God is able. Amen? We need to believe that because it's true. Listen to what Jesus said in, in, the, in the three verses we call the Great Commission out of Matthew 28, 18. It's on the screen. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Who has all authority in heaven and on earth? Okay, let me make it more, more practical. Who has all authority on earth? Jesus. All right, let's keep reading. In verse 19, he said, therefore, comma, I'm going to tell you all the time until it sticks in your mind every time you read this word. Whenever you see the word wherefore or therefore, you need to consider what it's there for. That word therefore means because of what I just said. Because Jesus is large and in charge, because Jesus has all the authority everywhere at all times, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Man, I see, I see great instruction for God's followers in this verse, and I see great challenges for fake Christians in this verse. Let me just give you two that pop out to me. Racists cannot follow Jesus. They cannot. Why? Because if you go to a different nation, you're going to find people that don't look like you. So there are people that are racist, that, that, that have light skin, that would never even consider going to the Philippines, going to Liberia, going to Ecuador, going to India, going to Belize, because there are brown-skinned people there. And how many of y'all know that in 2018, there are still people claiming to be born-again Christians, white people, that have problems with brown people? Okay, well, y'all don't want to just deal with that. Let's take it to another level. It says, go make disciples of all the nations. In 2018, there are still churches claiming the name of Christ that promote a black gospel over any gospel, promote a social gospel over a resurrection gospel. And there are black, listen, 
It is so prevalent in our society today. And some of y'all ain't going to want to deal with this, but it's the reality. It's preached in churches that we are black people who need to be concerned about black people living in black communities, spending black dollars with black businesses. Well, let's just, let's just take that off this side of the stage and put it on this side of the stage. If you could find one. Now, they're out there, but they're, they're low-key, and they don't go on TV or radio, or they don't tape what they say because they end up in prison. But hey, you can't find nobody standing up saying, we are white people that need to be concerned about white people living in white neighborhoods, spending money with white people in white businesses. See, so you can come over here, and, and you got a whole group of people. Black love is beautiful. Black power, say it loud. But if you come over here and say, white love is beautiful, white power, say it loud. You're like, amen, go to jail. But this is what we still have because we got people in churches that, that are they're concerned about all those brown countries I just named. But you don't even have to come outside this room. They're not interested in going to Belgium. Because the, 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 that's not who they, 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 they want to go five trips a year to Africa because them's my people. Listen, please meet an African and ask them how they feel about Americans. Ask them how they feel about white Americans. Ask them how they feel about black Americans. Ask them how they feel about any Americans. We've got to get to the place as believers in Christ where when we talk about our people, we talk about B-Fam. We talk about a family united together in the blood of Jesus Christ. We talk about one father. It's so crazy, man. I, 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 people have always, and, 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 and it's just as crazy. Listen, people have told me and my, me and my sister, 14 and a half months apart, uh, 14 months, a couple days apart. Uh, pe people would ask us ridiculous questions, uh, you know, because my mom was just out there. She'd take us to the same person to get our hair cut. You know, little, little boy's hair need to be cut by somebody other than who cut little girl's hair. But they'd ask, are y'all twins? <laughs> yeah. Mom laid on, mom stayed in labor for 14 months. Uh, you know, twins usually like a minute, two, three, four minutes ahead of each other. Yeah, we're twins. She popped out 14 months before me, and mom just stayed in the stirrups for 14 months, and I can't crawling out. It don't work like that. But people have said consistently, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, y'all you, 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 look so much alike. Look, if you can't tell I'm dude and she's dude it. People tell me my, my kids look uh, just alike. Listen, there, there, are, there can be some physical similarities inside a family, but how many of y'all be willing to admit? Y'all got some brothers, some, some sisters, some cousins, uh, some people in your family that they're just honestly way too ugly to look like you. Amen? You're just like, ah, uh, we might be related, but that don't mean that we got to look alike. Now, I don't even know if you're thinking what it is. just just hit me right now. We had an uncle, my, bro, my mom's brother. Y'all, You remember what happened when his baby girl came out? What he told everybody? She lucky she got pretty when she got older. This, when my uncle, my mother's 
brother, her, her closest sibling, uh, had his uh, daughter. She came out, and she looked just like every other baby. Scary. Oh, they're so beautiful. They, do you see what they're covered in? Can we at least wash them off first before we start talking about beauty? Man, I was watching a History Channel the other day. They took a baby right off the catcher's position, put it right on mama's lap, and she started kissing that baby, and, and, and she pulled her lips off, and it, mm. <laughs> This girl came out, and people was like, oh, she looks just like you, Terry. He went into every curse word you could imagine he cursed that child is ugly she don't look nothing like me i'm a good looking man that thing is hideous this woman cheated on me that is not my baby did he not for years she finally grew up to be a good looking woman now she's some you know public speaker got her face all over the internet you know she listen it's better to grow out of your ugly than grow into it Some of y'all was pretty babies. <laughs> Mama remembers. Your spouse never met that person. Pretty on the inside, it counts. You don't have to look alike on the outside to be part of the same family. And I want you to get it in your mind that Christianity is a religion for all nations. All nations, red, yellow, black, and white, all nations, all people. This is who this message is for. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Racists can't do that. Prejudiced people can't do that. People who only care about people who look like them, they can't do that. It goes further to say, so that's, that's one group of people I see having a problem with real Christianity. Then the, the second thing Jesus said is baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, we got churches that are Jesus-only churches. There are churches out there that teach if you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you're not really saved, that you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name only. Some of your favorite TV preachers believe that. They don't lead with that every week because they knew they'd lose viewership. And uh, let me just help you. TV preachers don't really care if you watch their show. They don't even care if you listen to their show. They don't care if you like their show or dislike their show. You know what they care about? Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. They care about that money. They care about getting that money. But a lot of people claiming the name of Jesus, they, they, they can't get with the true message of Christ, uh, which we have here in our great commission. Break that word down, co-mission. We're on a mission with Christ. He came to declare God to the whole world. He's given us that similar mi mission to go and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of you have never been properly baptized uh, according to the New Testament, and you need to sign up in the foyer to get proper baptism the next time we baptize through immersion in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost as commanded in the Scripture. Verse 20 says, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, he tells us what to teach. He, he says to reach them, that's the first half of the commission, reach them with the gospel. Make disciples out of them. And the second half is to teach. 
them. So no matter how cool a church's written mission statement is, no matter how cool their slogans and logos are, no matter how cool their branding is, every Christian church has the same mission. It's the mission that we are on with Jesus Christ to reach and teach, to reach the entire world with the life-changing message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and to teach them how to obey all the commands I've given you. Let's see if anybody's listening. What are the what 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 is the two words that tell the complete mission of every Christian church? Now say it together. Reach, teach. That's what Jesus commanded us to do. Listen, a lot of people won't come to church, can't be reached by Christians because they've seen too much shabby Christianity. And I, I propose to them that ain't Christianity you saw, that's churchianity. That's religion. That's people claiming salvation that aren't truly born again yet. But we've been told by God to reach and to teach. The good news is he tells us he's got the power. He's got all power. And he gives us power to do what he calls us to do. To tell the world about Jesus, here's something you need to know, though. You've got to know who he is. You can't introduce me to, let, 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 me, just, let, let, let me just see. Let me just see. All right, this, 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 one, this one should be easy because she always sits in the same place. All right, raise your hand. All right, now there are people in this room that could introduce you to her and tell you, tell her your name and tell you her name. There are people in this room that if I'm like, hey, do me a favor, introduce those, those new people over here to her. Who that is? <laughs> what her name is? Who that? Kyronda, you could, you say, here, what am I saying? You got to know somebody to introduce somebody to them. Now, you can play the church deal. I probably shouldn't out myself on this because then y'all going to know what's what. But you can play the church deal. You've been around church long enough. Everybody, hey, bro. going on my sister in Christ oh you look good today hallelujah for you in church look at you and your family my sister y'all know what that's code for don't you yeah I'm outed now you are too though listen there's only one of me there's there's more of you I've had people get offended I had, I had a lady in my office one time want to chew me out after church. She was chewing me out because she had been coming to church for two months, and I had never called her by my name. And she said, you don't even know my name, do you, Mark? That is the God's heaven's honest truth. I said, now hold on before we continue this. Was your last pastor at the church you, you, you know, blessed by leaving? Was, was, was his name Mark? Oh, yes. His, I, I know what your name is. And it, she had a senior moment, couldn't remember my name. I said, I'm pretty sure this meeting's over, baby. <laughs> One of me. <laughs> we, need to, we need to burn our church roll. We got over 2,000 people claiming membership at Abundant Life Christian Church. Y'all think this building fit 2,000 people? 
This building will fit 300 people. Uh, we, we need to cut that church roll down off 2,000 down, down to about 600. Because, listen, it, it's, we got these rotators. You might be one of them. Let me talk to you this morning. You, you don't come to church every Sunday. You come once a month. You come twice, you know, to get 200 people in here uh, each Sunday. We, we take about 800 people rolling through every now and then. So maybe if we don't want to cut it down to 600, maybe we better leave it up to about 800. But the, the Bible tells us that we have to introduce others to him. You need to get to know him so that you can introduce him to other people. Listen, the more you know about him, the more attractive he'll be to you. And the more attractive he is to you, the better your introduction of him will be. The, the, the more you know about him, the more you'll want to share his love. You, you, you got to think about what he said to his disciples in Matthew 16, 15. He said, who say you that I am? Now, this is the great question. Jesus asks these people who've been following him for a long time, who do you think I am? Who do you, who do you say I am? All these people saying uh, these other things about other people, who do you say I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the great answer. That's spot on. That's nail on the head right there. He, he, that, that's 100. In verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. Uh, Bar-Jonah means of Jonah. Simon was Jonah's son. Um, For flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Do you realize that to get a true revelation of who Jesus is, God's got to get involved in that? It just can't be some person telling you about Jesus. For you to really understand who he is, God's got to open up your mind and your heart, your soul and your spirit to receive him. If you're saved at all, you ought to thank God for revealing himself to you. He, he said, God did this. And in verse 18, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Uh, our friends at the Roman Catholic Church have misunderstood this verse to believe that Peter is the rock that the church is built on. But Sandy Patty, the great gospel singer, sang a song that says, Upon this rock of revelation, I'll build a strong and mighty nation. The, the rock that God builds his church on is the revelation of who Jesus is. If, you have, if it has been revealed to you who Jesus is and you've accepted that, then you have the revelation to go out and build his Church. Now, if you've been around a long time, you know that church in the Bible is usually talking about one or two things. It's either talking about the local or the universal. The local church is this church, that church, and the other church. In the New Testament, every city had church or multiple churches, locations where people would gather together. That's the local church. The universal church is all believers of all time called together to make up one group. And that one group has been built on the revelation of who Jesus is. See, that's what ties us. That's what binds us. The Bible says we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Believing the right things about Jesus makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. Not your opinion about church leadership. Not your opinion about church government. Not your opinion about racial issues. Not your doctrinal pet peeves. Not your theories about tongues or the uh, rapture or the second coming. What makes us all Christians is faith in Jesus Christ. He said, the gates, in the last phrase, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't have time to teach this. Go on the archives and, and get messages that I've preached about this in the past. 
I'll share a little bit with you today for, just for some context. But the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. When you start talking about one thing prevailing against the other thing, you got a war going on. Say war. war. There is a war going on uh, for souls. That's the whole thing, y'all. It's not a war uh, for, for money. It's not a war for class structure. It, it's, not, it's not even a war for power. Behind all of that is a battle for souls to reach heaven or souls to end up in hell. We're in a war for souls. Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against us. That word prevail in the Greek means to overpower or defeat us or to have strength to overcome us. It cannot overcome us. It cannot withstand us. There's no power that the enemy can launch, no ground he can try to hold, that if we are filled with God's Spirit and on God's mission, that can stop us from doing what God's called us to do. Does anybody believe that? Ten years ago, in 2008, our church theme was tearing down gates. And I, I preached at least 25 messages that year about different Gates, and we talked a lot about gates that year. Uh, let me remind you, for those of you who were here, uh, that that I mean, that that's that's y'all, and that's y'all, uh, y'all, uh, and, and, and nobody else. Um, a couple couple of y'all were here in 2008. Um, that's y'all in the back. Um, but gates are not an offensive weapon. You realize that? Go to somebody's house. Go to your house. Have a gate in it. That gate is not an offensive weapon, but it does have a purpose. Say purpose. They're a defensive weapon. They don't come after us. We don't even encounter these gates unless we're moving forward. You're not going to come up on a gate just sitting where you are. There's no gate in your chair. You have to be advancing. They don't come after us, but they are designed to affect us. And they affect many people. Uh, gates can be used to keep some in and to keep others out. Do you understand that? If you've never been to prison, you un- I mean, if you've been to prison, you understand that. Uh, and, and there's good news and bad news even in jail. You know, them, 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 them gates, them, them, roll the gate. Those, hey, those gates are keeping you in. But, you know, he gets too bad on you. You get behind that door gate. Uh, called solitary confinement. That'll keep some folk out when you need people. Uh, gates can go to keep you in. Gates can go to keep people out. But if you study the history of the Bible, you'll find out that Jesus sets people free and the devil binds people. Bondage and freedom. This is the choice. The devil binds people with all types of bondage. Uh, but Jesus comes to deliver us from flesh, hell, the devil, our sin, our circumstance, on ourselves. Here's the picture. There are people who've been held captive in a prison of addiction. Do you believe that? Listen, here's the thing about addiction. If you could get better on your own, you'd already been better. You need Jesus. If rehab worked, they'd only have one rehab, and people would fly all over the world to get to it. Well, rehab worked for me. Which one? The fifth one? The eighth one? The 23rd one? I know people, listen, I believe... Not based on my personal experience. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I've never been addicted to cigarettes. My, my best friend growing up, was, we, we were addicted to a lot of stuff together uh, at the same time in our lives. Uh, but he was addicted to cigarettes. I was never addicted to cigarettes. He quit heroin and said it was harder to quit cigarettes than heroin. He quit alcohol, said it was harder to quit 
cigarettes than alcohol. His worst addiction, gambling. He finally broke free from gambling and said it was way easier to quit gambling than cigarettes. So let me just say something about cigarettes. Now, I got no, I got no heat, uh, extra heat for anybody that smokes cigarettes. The church make too much deal out of that. Smoking cigarettes ain't any worse than being a gossip or not reading your Bible. Or not praying without ceasing. Everybody's got their struggle. Everybody's got their issue. Stop making other people's issue. Pastor, did you know? <laughs> Brother Joe smokes. <laughs> oh, my. Actually, I did know that. But I just learned something. You gossip. Everybody has got something. But talk about cigarettes, because I know a lot of people that have struggled with cigarettes. If you ever have known anybody who ever tried to quit smoking, trust me on this. They tried to quit smoking 219 times. Unless it was more than 219 times. Um, If you could quit the things that you need to quit on your own, we wouldn't need Jesus. But how many of y'all know we do need Jesus? These bondages that the devil has people wrapped in, um, it's not just addictions. It's sinful lifestyles, wrong thinking about God, bad theology. We are commanded by God to storm these gates and to set these captives free. And we have the promise of our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, that these gates can't overpower us. Now, if there's a war going on and somebody's winning and somebody's losing and the gates ain't overpowering us, guess what we're doing to the gates? We're overpowering them if we're doing it the right way. The problem is there's too many people that are stuck in lifestyles that they can't break, addictions they can't shake, and we're not going down helping knock these gates down for them the way God has commanded us to. These gates are keeping people away from God, and they're keeping God away from these people. we got, we got to identify some of these gates. We did a lot of this in 2008. Listen, listen to what the dictionary says a gate is. It's a structure that's used to block an entrance or a passageway. Typical. That's what a gate is. It, it, it's something that blocks an entrance or a passageway. You might have one on your sidewalk. You might have one uh, leading up into your yard. You might have one from your front yard to your backyard. It, it is a structure that is used to block an entrance or a passageway. Second definition says a movable barrier in a fence or a wall. So a gate's a movable barrier that's blocking a passageway. It's a what kind of barrier? Somebody better get to moving it. The people that are bound can't move their own gates, and those gates can't prevail against God's Holy Ghost-filled church. The problem is we're leaving too many people locked up behind gates while we have pretty church parties on Sunday and don't think about God for the rest of the week. And these people are just staying stuck. And they're staying in bondage. Uh, They keep the unsaved on one side of the fence and God's people on the other side of the fence. And Jesus said these gates can't prevail against his church. Uh, I I I talked about in in 2008 being gate busters. I want you to go out here and start busting down some gates. Bust down some gates in your own life. Gates that are holding you back from advancing in God's kingdom. Gates that are holding you back from the freedom that Christ has for you. These things have to be torn down. I, I'll give you a couple of them, gates in, that are in our community that we need to break down. Gates of loneliness. How many of y'all think there are lonely people in this community? Christmas is on us. 
great time of rejoicing, great time of joy, number one month in the world for suicide. Depression reigns at an all-time high in the month of December. Also, the worst month in, uh, of the year for church giving. Lots, lots of stuff going on right now. There, there, there's the, these gates need to be broken down. Not just loneliness, depression, racism, drug and alcohol addiction, poverty, bad theology. People are grabbed and gripped and locked up in all this stuff, and they're not going to free themselves. I already told you, if you could free yourself, you'd already done it. You, you, you're, you're not locked into that because that's who you want to be. That's who you became. I, I, I was telling my kids the other day after I, after I had... Uh, 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 you know, a mini meltdown. I told him, look, apologize to y'all. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to get so amped up. Listen, this ain't who I am. This is who I became. Y'all driving me out of my mind. <laughs> ain't I'm right? Not who I am. Who I became. And if I want to get unlocked from that position, I need somebody to tear that gate down. That, that gate of mental illness down, that, that, that gate of on my edge last nerve, be, you know, be quiet now. Amen? These gates are real, and we need to be tearing them down. Listen to some statistics from the World Almanac. The World Almanac estimates that in the year one, so how long ago is that? Like 2017 years ago. There were 200 million people in the whole world, 200 million. It took until 1850 to get to a billion, okay? So for thousands and thousands and thousands of years of recorded history, it took all those thousands of years to get this world population up to one billion. It took from 1850 to 1927 to get to two billion. So what it took thousands and thousands of years to do the world doubled that in, what's that, 77 years. Took thousands and thousands and thousands of years to get to a billion population. It only took 77 years to get to a billion after that, and these numbers have continued to spiral. Uh, in 1987, the world topped over 5 billion. Right now, we're approaching 8 billion people on planet, they estimate by the end of this century, we'll have over 11 billion people on the planet. Now, I ain't here to listen to your greenhouse carbon emissions effect, uh, especially while you're still driving a car. Are you Al Gore lo lo uh, lo loving folk? Al Gore talk talking about all, all these uh, issues while flying around in private planes. Talking against pollution while, while driving around with a chauffeur in a giant SUV burning real gas. Listen, uh, y'all mad at me now. Let me keep going. Why are these numbers important? Because, uh, let, well, let me give you a couple more numbers. I'll tell you why. Uh, the World Almanac estimates 250 babies are born every minute in the world. More than 130 million a year. And so that's where we get our projection of over 11 billion people. By, by the end of this century. Some of y'all still be alive at that point. What I'm saying is we have more people on the planet now than ever, and there's more coming, and they all need to hear about Jesus. And they are not going to tell themselves about Jesus. They cannot introduce others to Jesus because they don't know him. Think about this, the Jesus film. The kids and I 
we do a lot of research, man, Google. Y'all, y'all don't know how blessed. If, if, you're, if you're young, if you're under 20 years old, maybe, you probably don't even remember. If you're uh, that far back, if you're under 25, you, you probably don't remember a world without Google. How many, how many of y'all had World Book Almanacs? How many of y'all had Almanacs Encyclopedias? We, we had that green and white one. You remember that, Dina? We had the whole set. My mom will buy anything. This be broke as Cooter Brown's slop mule. Let somebody show up at the door with one. You know, and they always carried like R or S because, you know, if you're ever on Wheel of Fortune, please, can I have an S? Could I have an R, an M? Don't, don't just come right off the swinging hip. Yes, I'd like to have a X. <laughs> they bring that one encyclopedia, and they'd be like, and just for $5 million more, you can have the other 25. Now, my mom had to have that. But I was glad because if we wanted to know anything, you had to go to that book. Now, listen, a few years back, you had to go. Type stuff into Google search engine. Not no more. You just say Alexa. <laughs> hey Siri. What's the capital of Uzbekistan? <laughs> now, do you know when I was having to do reports out of those 19, you remember what year they were? I know what year they were. 1964. World Book Encyclopedia. We graduated in the 80s. Them things were old by the time we, we were doing reports. If I would have had to go into an encyclopedia to look up the capital of Uzbekistan, anybody know why that would have been a difficult exercise? Because I can't spell Uzbekistan, and neither can you. I wouldn't even know which book to grab. How do you start that word off? With a Y? With an E? With a U? With a silent Z? I don't know. But the moral of the story is, there are a lot of people in the world, and the access to information is greater than it's ever been right now. We have technology bombarding us all the time, and I want to say this. Technology could be used for good, but mostly it's used for evil. Still to this moment. Now, when the Internet first came out, over 98%, it's a fact, read it, check it, you can Google it, you can go Alexa, Siri, you can do whatever you need to do to it. Remember when you could ask Jeeves, anybody that old in the room? Ask Jeeves was a search engine that was bomb. Uh, but you, 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 98% of all Internet usage was used primarily for one source. Anybody want to guess what that one source was? Pornography. And it's still over 80% right now. Two largest things, search. Everything else would almost be non-existent on the, inter- on the Internet. Pornography. And God. Pornography first, God second. Think about how the world would change if we flipped those two. What if we were using it better for the good than for the evil? But technology is out there, and it's a means where we could reach a lot of people. One of the ways that technology is being used to reach a lot of people, over 3 billion, say billion. That's almost half the world. People worldwide have already seen the, the Jesus film. The kids and I were talking the other day, uh, we, we, I had them Google, what's the most watched film ever? What's, we, we, somebody said something about a, a movie that was, you know, probably the most famous movie, and then they came up with that, and then it hit me, no, that ain't, that ain't the most watched. The most watched film ever is the Jesus film. Half the world has seen the Jesus film because people are going to remote places in the world and sharing 
this film with people. Three billion people seen it around the world. But do you realize there are people right here in North Florida that have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? They've never been and not given a detailed account of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we need to be his witnesses. Say witness. Let's get into it so we can get done. Verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see that word you in there twice? It's not talking to them. It's talking to you. It's not talking to what they will get. It's talking about what you will get. It's not talking about what they should be. It's talking about what you should be. It is time for every person in this room to stop putting the onus on other people and take some personal responsibility for the advancement of God's kingdom yourself. What if it was just up to you to read the le- lead the rest of the world to Christ? What if all the, all the witnesses just stopped and only people that heard about Jesus came from your mouth? We got to get busy. Say busy. Uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you've been around for a while, you, you've heard me talk about I put a diagram up one time about uh, these geographical areas. What Jesus is doing is he's drawing concentric circles, increasing concentric circles around the spot where they live to the further out spot to even further out to the whole world. This would be like our Jerusalem, our Judea, and our Samaria. Our Jerusalem would be the Jacksonville metropolitan area, the five-county region that we live in. Our, Our Judea would be the state of Florida. Our Samaria would be our country. And the ends of the world would be the whole rest of every other nation on the planet. I believe there's never been a more urgent or more opportune time to share the gospel. I believe there's never been a more desperate time to share it, and there's never been as much technology to make sharing it easy. Instead of putting on your social media, because please, I'm going to tell you all this, nobody cares if you just finished washing the dishes and now you're vacuuming. (laughs) Two reasons. Nobody under 30 uses Facebook. Because they found out their parents were using it and putting wax stuff on it. So they had to go off into new stuff. Uh, Newsflash for you younger people. Whatever you're using today is going to be obsolete in six months. See there? You, 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 you got your IG going on. You got your WhatsApp. You got your Snapchat. Hey, that's all going the same way MySpace went. How many of y'all remember MySpace? They got no space. That's in their face. By the Facebook, which is not going away, by the way, because that's the devil. But let me keep going. Should be used for good. We got, we got to get out there and we got to get serious about what God has called us to do. I, I, I want you to understand, if you don't get anything today, uh, the greatest miracle. There's lots of miracles in the book of Acts. We're going to be reading the book of Acts uh, this, this month. I want you to read it and I want you to see the history of the first century church and lots of miracles talked about but the greatest miracle of all is salvation you 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 can get healed in your body and still die and go to hell you can be raised from the dead and still die and go to hell you can have your blind eyes open and still die and go to hell the greatest experience i've had some cool experiences in my life uh you hear me talk about them you stick around me long the army was a great experience for me i love being in the army uh, I was there for the birth of, uh, of both of my children. That was great, two great experiences. 
Uh, I swam with dolphins three different times. That, that was scary and great and weird. Uh, uh, I, I got out in the middle of the ocean and corralled stingrays right after one of them killed that dude. What was his name? Yeah. I'm thinking, now, what, what, he wasn't the croc. Was he the crocodile hunter? The crocodile hunter. This dude messed with animals around the world. I'm out in the middle of the ocean grabbing these things. They're like, hold your hands out. They'll swim up to you and then pick them straight up. I'm like, this is the same thing that killed the crocodile hunter. <laughs> but it was a cool experience. And I dominated them stingrays. I had some cool things that I've experienced in my life. I've lived on multiple continents. I've taken my kids out of the country on airplanes. I, I, I've stood and looked at Niagara Falls in freezing cold, waist-deep snow. But without a doubt, the greatest experience of my life was being born again. Nothing compares to the born-again experience, that moment when you cross over from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. And once we realize true salvation, we want everybody to be saved. See, when you first got saved, if you got saved for real, you wanted to tell somebody. You wanted to make sure your friends knew about Jesus so they didn't die and go to hell. You want to make sure your family knew about Jesus so they didn't die and go to hell. What happened to all that energy for sharing Christ? I'll tell you what happened life. You settled down. You got lukewarm. You stopped being on mission. You stopped the commission with Jesus. And we, we, we need to get out there. And we need to witness. See, when we first got saved, we just wanted to tell everybody about somebody that could save anybody. But then fear set in. Uh, we, we get opportunities now, and we freeze up, and we're like, they don't want to hear it. And we just let that opportunity go. So there's this, there's this great paradox among real Christians of wanting to share the gospel but not sharing the gospel. And what we need God to do, listen, you need God to set you free from your fear of witnessing. You need God to set you free from your fear of opening up your mouth and boldly declaring that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. You need God to set you free from your fear about getting involved in evangelism. Uh, this verse that we're reading on the subject of evangelism, it, it's a powerful verse. It says, you will receive power, say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word power is a Greek word dunamis where we get our English word dynamite. Explosive, shaking, loud, evident for everyone around it to witness power. Big power. Say big. And you'll be my witnesses. See, we witness about a lot of stuff. I, I, I like what Jeff put on his website. He never wore an athlete's name on the back of his shirt. Name on the front of his shirt. Uh, witnessing, for, we, we'll, we'll put on clothing, we, we, we'll represent, uh, what does Medea call them? Lots of label hoes out there, people just <laughs> repping, uh, got your Louis Vuitton. I'm going to tell you something. If I see your Louis Vuitton bag up in here, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to convince me it's a knockoff, or I'm going to send my sister over to your house to get a check. $4,000 purse, you got two nickels in it. What are you thinking? <laughs> we represent all these different things, but we hesitate to represent God. And God is better than stuff. Can we at least agree on that? God is better. If you care about people, you ought to care enough about them to tell them 
about Jesus. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. You'd rather they die and go to hell forever? Listen, nobody get mad at you. Now, you wake me up, I might be upset. But if you wake me up because my house is on fire and you're helping my children get out safely, I'm going to love you forever. Well, I don't want to offend them. Imagine that. The building's on fire. I, 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 I just single Elder Jimmy and my kids, and I'm just like, we get outside, and they're like, what's up, man? Well, the building's on fire. And all those people in there are going to die. Some of them going to get burnt to death. Skin's going to melt off their bodies, and some of them just going to pass out from smoke inhalation and choke to death. They'd be like, we better check. No, They're comfortable. They're seated. They're sitting down. You know, music went long today. They were standing up. They're comfortable. I love it when the music goes long, by the way. We can't sing to God enough. Amen? You wouldn't, you wouldn't feel good about me. If you found out I got me and a couple people out of here because I knew the building was on fire. Oh, another scenario. Why are we outside, Dad? Well, there's a bomb planted in the church. It's about to blow up in 12 seconds. We got to run to the other side of that ditch because it's massive. We're just going to leave you where you are because we don't want to offend you. Now, some people are just crazy. If, if, if I came in here and said, the building's about to blow up, everybody get up. I ain't leaving. You tell me what to do. I don't even like preachers. <laughs> Stop thinking that by telling someone the truth that can help them, that you're offending them. Listen, if the truth offends people, then so be it. The truth's the truth anyhow. Let, let me tell you a couple of things uh, about what this verse tells us in Acts 1.8. We'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Number one, power is available for a certain group of people. He said, you will receive it. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, power is available for God's children who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Lost people can't be effective in evangelism. Lost people can go on visitation. Lost people can invite people to church. Lost people can, can pass out literature. And, and I, I see lots of lost people posting stuff on, on Facebook. They, 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 Praise the Lord, God is so good. Uh, they, they don't even realize. Listen, if, if that's your Sunday morning post, but your Friday night and Saturday night post was crunk at the club, butt naked with my home girl. Uh, hey, your wife's reading that. And you're sending a conflicting message. The power that is available is for saved people. If you're a saved person in this room, I want you to know God's Holy Spirit power is available to you. What made Billy Graham a great witness, what made whoever your favorite preacher is a great witness for Christ was not what was special about them. It was what was special about the power on the inside of them. It wasn't their personality that helped them be a witness. Their personality might have done other things for them. But the power to witness comes from the Holy Spirit. Second thing I want you to understand is that God's Spirit works through you if you allow Him to. If you're saved, this power is available to you, and God's Spirit will work through you. Now, I don't have time because I'm already late, but I want you to know there is nothing cooler in the world than knowing God's Spirit is using you to do something awesome. 
That's life on a different level. I want you to experience it. Once you get a taste of that, you, you, you will stop criticizing when people say ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Listen, I, I've been to some wild off-the-chain parties um, in, as, as an unsaved man. I've been to some, some parties where, where I finished face down in a ditch and don't remember it, but they told me it was off the hook. That party stopped and had a bad ending. When you ever feel God's power in you, using you, when you say something and you know as you're saying it or as you, man, I wasn't even expecting to say that. It just started coming out of me. It was like God was talking. That is incredible, y'all. You need to get to this place. It's God's spirit that works through you. Uh, I want you to understand, you don't have to be all that. You just got to get out of the way. You don't have to be all that. You don't have to know a whole lot about basketball to know that Kobe Bryant is an assassin from any part of the court. You don't have to know a whole lot about basketball to know in the fourth quarter you would rather have Kobe Bryant or your drunk uncle's cat shooting the ball than LeBron. Ooh, everybody's all mad now. You don't have to be all that. You don't have to have a verse of Scripture memorized. You don't have to have your whole life together. You don't have to know everything about God and the church to say, I don't have all the answers, but I know he changed my life. Does anybody know that much? I don't have all the answers, but I know I love him and he loves me. That's God. God doing it through you. It's not us. We he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. We're not qualified. None of us are good enough to on our own merit speak for him, represent him, be his ambassador. But it's his work through us when we get out of the way and let him talk, let him shine that has power in it. In Zechariah 4, 6, you know his verse. It says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God's work gets done by the spirit. Spirit's power. Stop thinking that you got to be all perfect and have all your ducks in a row. If you keep waiting till all your ducks in a row to start repping Christ, you're never going to be who God called you to be. Because we're never going to be all the way there until we get to heaven. Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working in you. Come on. Ah. Uh, that, that, that's for some people. That ain't for everybody. Some, some of the devil's working in you. Some of y'all. Most of us, it's just us working in us. Voices in our head. Emotions, feelings working in us. But if we live life the right way, God will work in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. You can't even obey God without the Holy Spirit's power. You can't even have a desire to please him without the Holy Spirit's power. So it ain't about us, it's about him. Get that if you don't get anything else. It is not about us, it is all about him. He's the one doing all this. Third thing I want you to see from this passage God fills us with his spirit so we can be bold witnesses God fills us with his spirit so that we can be bold witnesses say bold, bold. say witness this is God's plan for your life put that verse back on the screen for me Dick verse 1, chapter 1 verse 8 Acts 1 8 alright now here is how some people read this verse or how they think this verse should be read. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will speak in tongues and roll on the floor and play with spiritual gifts. 
Is that what it says? Well, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is, is they spake in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Yes, that did happen, but if you study the phrase baptism of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, if you study filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll find out that there are other evidences of being filled with the Holy Ghost. And the number one most repeated, the bulk text evidence proof is bold witness. Bold witness. You'll read over and over again. The room was shaken, and they were all baptized with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. You, oh, five people tell me, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1979. Okay, well, you, you seem pretty miserable, depressed, and sinful right now. What's going on? And what they mean, and I guarantee you this, if anybody ever tells you, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost at a certain date. Do you understand what they're saying? They're trying to tell you that that's when they first spoke in tongues. Now, I'm not here to say, listen, speaking in tongues is biblical. The, the, the Bible is very clear about that. It's a, it's a spiritual gift. Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift. Interpretation of tongues is a spiritual gift. Uh, uh, the Bible is very clear about that. But it is also clear about the reason why God sent his spirit to live on the inside of his followers. It was not. So we could play with spiritual gifts. It was not so we could do miracles. It was not so we could have goosebumps on the back of our neck and, and chill bumps on our arms. It was so we could be bold witnesses. It was so we are filled with the Holy Ghost to, have, to be his witnesses. The scripture is clear about this. Some of y'all going to be mad, quit the church, never come back. I know what being baptized in the Holy Spirit is uh, because uh, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, I, I, I spoke in tongues. Well, let me ask you this. What's that doing for you right now? Are you a bold witness for Christ? Is, is the joy of the Lord your strength? Do you love people that don't look like you? Are you reading your Bible every day, saying your prayers, making good choices, singing songs to God, sharing your faith with other people? Oh, no, I don't do any of that, but it was real to me in 1979. Listen, uh, my, my sister's blue Ford Pinto was real to me in 1979. They ain't doing nothing for no, that car probably, it can't be running now. They were all blowing up when you got hit in the back anyway. <laughs> that was then, great for then, great for then. But what about for today? God wants to give you power so that you can go out and speak for him to a world that needs to hear him. God wants you to be filled with his spirit so you can become a bold witness. Fourth thing, our mission field is the entire world. Now, there are people out there right now that are looking for alternative streams of income. I'm a big believer in alternative streams of income. If you only got one income coming into your home, you're going to be broke forever. Uh, you need alternate streams of income, multiple streams of income. There are people out there that, that are looking for businesses, and, and they read trade journals, and they're like, be an exclusive representative to your area. I'm like, oh, so you want me to sell that product, but I, I can't sell it outside of Duval? What if I want to go into Clay? No, nope, where well, I got a representative over there. Well, you're limiting my income right now. What, what am I saying? What, what you have as an opportunity to represent is God's son Jesus Christ and your area is the whole world you're not going to run out of people to talk to Jesus or talk about Jesus to you're not going to run out of people to share Christ with we need to share the good news with everyone so here's two things you need to do when I'm done two things you need to get involved in evangelism two things you need to do to be 
who Jesus said. These are the last instructions Jesus gave to the church on his way out. This, this is post-resurrection, Jesus said. When, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's going to give you power to be a bold witness. He's going to give you power to take the gospel to the whole world. Two things you need to do to make this happen. Number one, you need real salvation. I wonder if you have real salvation. Do you have real salvation? If you don't know what I'm talking about by real salvation, I can tell you this. I walked aisles and prayed prayers many times, never got real salvation. I, 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 I did uh, toilet bowl praying lots of times. Beg God. Let the, hey, if you ever get dry heaves uh, from Bacardi 151, you, 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 you will pray to a, to, to a shoelace. Because you'd be staring at shoelaces face down in the bathroom. None of that brought me real salvation. Walking an aisle, praying with a preacher, shaking the preacher's hand, having the church vote to accept me. What kind of ridiculous is that? They, they stood me up. This morning, we have little Scotty Becker coming to receive Jesus as his personal Savior and to become a member of our church by profession of faith in Jesus Christ. All of those who accept him into the fellowship of our community, let it be known by saying amen. And I'm like, they voting me in? Show me that one in the Bible. Because there's a little old lady back there. She didn't say amen. And I'm thinking, well, am I in or ain't I in? How many votes we need to get in this joint? That didn't get me into heaven. They voted to accept me into the fellowship of their congregation. And I was still lost. I went into a baptismal. Dry came out wet. Lost and still lost. I didn't get real salvation until I became desperate to seek God with my whole heart. Until I became honest about my real need for God to change my life. Until God drew me by His Spirit in a life-changing way, I didn't have real salvation. Some of you in here have church, you don't have real salvation. Some of you in here have good deeds, morality, you don't have real salvation. Some of y'all uh, just sinful as you want to be, and you know you don't have real salvation. Why? Why? Why continue on not being certain about your salvation? If you're here today, here, here's, here's what I'm going to ask. I, I want to ask some, some of our prayer warriors, people, people that I've talked to in the past, some of our deacons, some of our elders, some of the people I've enlisted to pray. I, we're going to have some people stay, out, stay down front this morning uh, after I dismiss. And if you have questions about your salvation, I want you to come talk to one of us this morning. I want you to get saved for real before you leave this place. I'm not going to rush you through an emotional raise your hand decision right now, but if you really want to get saved before you leave this place, see me or one of our altar ministers before you leave. you got to have real salvation to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be an effective witness for Christ. The second thing, not only do you need real salvation, you need a willingness to let God fill you with His Spirit. A lot of people stay away from that because they know. Well, I'm saved, but I'm dealing with some stuff right now I don't want to let go of. And if I get filled with the Holy Ghost, God, God going to want me to obey Him. There's no better life than the fully surrendered life. There's no better life than the life that pleases the one who called you into His service. There's no better life than the Spirit-filled life. But you got to be willing to let go of everything else and grab hold of God. So couple decisions I need you to make today. Number one, do you really want to get saved? If you do, come see us after church if you're not already saved. If you're already saved, 
Do you really want to have the power, the dynamic, dynamite, dunamis power of the most powerful presence in the world living on the inside of you? Man, that dude from Alabama came in yesterday. Georgia was crushing Alabama. That dude from Alabama came in, reeled off that 15-yard touchdown. And my man did just like this. Y'all remember that? He went Cam Newton on He flexed his Superman on When are you going to peel back all the layers of foolishness in your life and let the superpower in you shine? When are you going to let that awesome power in you shine? It's not the power. See, uh, the, the, the church world today wants people to think you're awesome by yourself. No, you're a train wreck by yourself. Church, church today wants to empower people to live their best life. Listen, your best life is as filthy rags. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. I, I don't need to live my best life. I don't need my best foot forward. I need to die to myself and let the power in me just shine forth for all the world to see that there is a Holy Ghost. There's a power of God on this earth today. And he's putting it inside his children. But we're covering it up with worldliness. We're covering it up with sinfulness. We're covering it up with wrong behavior. We need to peel all that back. We need to let him shine. If you're not saved today, get saved today. If you are saved today, ask God to fill you with his spirit. Not so you can be some Bible-toting, scripture-quoting, water-walking, miracle-working, devil-chasing, uh, Super Christian. If all that happens, let it happen. But ask God to fill you with his spirit so you can represent him properly in the earth. So he can use you. Because some of us have tried to reach our family members and we knew we couldn't. They wouldn't hear our voice. But Jesus said, pray that God would send laborers to them. Some of us are praying that God would send laborers to our family members that they would hear their voice. You might be that laborer for somebody else's family member that they're praying that God would send you. You got to open up your mouth, Christian. You got to open up your mouth and declare Jesus. You need to get thank you, Jesus, on your lips. Your boss needs to hear you say thank you, Jesus. Your, your, your family needs to hear you say thank you, Jesus. This world needs to hear the name of Jesus lifted high because there is nothing more powerful on this earth than the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is salvation in none other, for there's no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only way. You don't have to be able to quote scripture. You don't have to have answers. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You just need to start telling people, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Call on Jesus. Call on. He has the power to save, to heal, to forgive, to transform, to fill you with his spirit and enable you to be and do all he's called you to be and do. There is power. In the Holy Spirit for the believer. But you gotta strip that away. And you gotta let Him shine in you. Pray with me. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promise of your spirit to your children. 
God, I pray for every person in the room this morning that's not saved. Lord, I pray that they'll pray to get saved before they leave this place. Father, I thank you for every Christian in the room. I pray you forgive us for our worldliness. Fill us with your spirit and use us to declare your name, to lift your name high in all the earth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.